Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts from Property Apprentice. Join me today for the Week in Review, where I talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. So topics for this week, landlords.co.nz on the 7th of June published an article called Construction Activity Rises. Then second topic is from the New Zealand Herald on the 5th of June, rental shortage in Queenstown before booming winter season takes off. Third topic, New Zealand Mortgage Mag on the 9th of June uh, published an article called Triple CFA Changes Finally Revealed. Fourth topic, interest.co.nz 9th of June. Forget about FOMO, FOOP now rules the roost as housing markets cool rapidly. And last but not least, One Roof 8th of June dropping 50,000 a week, prices slashed on thousands of listings. So we'll start today's session with the first topic on landlords.co.nz, construction activity rises. New house constructions running at its highest level in decades. Figures from Statistics New Zealand shows a rise in residential construction activity by 3.2%, as well as a 2.7% increase in non-residential work. This pace is expected to continue for the next few years, but material and manpower shortages, in addition to rising costs, are currently acting as handbrakes. Strength in building new homes is widespread, with a particularly large amount of work in Auckland. While building consents have been running at record levels, they did take a dive in April, down 30% on March figures, but up about 6.9% compared to the same month last year. In the year to April, 50,583 consents were issued throughout the country. The largest drop was for apartments at 44% compared to the same month last year and retirement village units down by 42%. An increase in consents for townhouses and standalone houses is expected in the long term. Even with the number of consents issued lower around this time of year, insufficient labour and materials are pushing back completion dates for projects. Westpac senior economist Satish Ranchhodge believes that the combination of increasing costs for materials and labour and high interest rates will negatively affect the number of completed building projects in the coming years. The Reserve Bank is expected a total fall of 14% in house prices by early 2024, although I suspect it will be less than that. Other trading banks have predicted a 10 to 15% fall. I suspect it will be even less than that. We shall see. When time passes, we'll see who was right. Ranch Hod said that there'd been growing pressure on construction margins now that firms are feeling the pinch on their balance sheets. Capacity constraints will limit the extent of further rises from the existing elevated construction levels. He believes as we approach the middle part of the decade, we're likely to see activity starting to ease back. As for non-residential building, Ranchod said that the outlook looks mixed across all the segments. There is strength in industrial construction, although the outlook for office and strip retailing is softer. He expects these trends to continue and for developers to be more cautious in bringing in new projects to the market. Second topic for this week's review is from the New Zealand Herald on the 5th of June, rental shortage in Queenstown before the booming winter season takes off. A rental supply shortage is becoming more evident in Queenstown as seasonal resort staff are struggling to find living accommodation. Seasonal worker Maya Lewis told Mountain Scene she and her partner and two friends have been looking for a three-bedroom house to rent for about two months. 
They've applied for more than 20 houses, some of them through TradeMe, Facebook groups and real estate websites. Even if they applied immediately after a house is posted as a rental, it took at least a week to hear back and they often get an email saying that the house was already under application. Since the group is moving from Takaka and Golden Bay, they cannot view rentals in person. She said most rentals won't consider applicants who they haven't met yet. In order to increase their chances, Lewis has been offered larger bonds, paying more rent and offering FaceTime interviews, but unfortunately this hasn't helped with their situation. Her group's plan is to stay at a hostel, which will cost about $200 a week so that they can physically look for a house. According to Lewis, it seems crazy that a job with NZ Ski, maybe one of the biggest industries in Queenstown over winter, can't even find a place to live. NZ Ski Chief Executive Paul Anderson says he understands it's been harder this year for mountain staff to find accommodation. He suspects, though it isn't certain, that part, that's partly to do with the number of properties returning to Airbnb, having been used by long-term renters over the past couple of years. He said that where people list vacant homes or homes has an impact on the amount of stock available for ski workers. Although he's unsure, he thinks that the other factor is new tenancy rules that potentially caused some landlords to withdraw some homes from the market. He's referring to the Residential Tenancies Amendment Act in 2020, which came into force last year, and in particular, tighter requirements for ending a periodic tenancy. To assist their staff, NZ Ski has offered some accommodation in their company-owned housing. Anderson said they've also been reaching out to the community, as they do every year, hoping to find people with spare rooms, wanting some extra income over winter. NZ Ski is also hoping to communicate with some backpacker hostels that have yet to reopen. Queenstown Chamber of Commerce Chief Executive Ruth Stokes advises any businesses looking to support workers to find accommodation to talk to the resort's major accommodation providers in the first instance. If you want to learn more about the property market in New Zealand, join me at one of our free Beginner's Guide to Property Investment events. We hold them online or in person in our office in Ellerslie in Auckland. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. Topic number three, the New Zealand Mortgage Mag on the 9th of June published an article titled Triple CFA Changes Finally Revealed. So preliminary changes to the Credit Contracts and Consumer Finance Act, commonly known as the Triple CFA, have been re revealed and they're expected to come into force by July 7th. Triple CFA has been widely criticised for negatively impacting the finance sector and for depriving credit to dependable borrowers, particularly first-home buyers. For this reason, a review was ordered by the Minister of Commerce and Consumer Affairs, David Clark, less than two months after the rules were implemented. Some initial changes were announced in early April and were then made subject to submissions by the industry and the public. A few of the changes include removing regular savings and investments as examples of outgoings that leaders need to inquire into when assessing the borrower's likely expenses. So an example of that was where, um, where first-home buyers who were saving for their house deposit, they were declined on lending because the savings was being looked at as a regular expense, whereas obviously after they purchased their first home, they no longer need to save at that rate for their deposit. 
The triple CFA changes have also clarified that when borrowers provide a detailed breakdown of their future living expenses, and these are benchmarked against robust statistical data, there's no need to also inquire into their current living expenses from recent bank transactions. This is in response to anecdotes of cups of latte that stopped potential borrowers from accessing credit. The likelihood of people changing their spending habits when they incur a big loan will also be taken into account and the new rules will also address issues such as reasonable surplus or an obviously affordable loan. The triple CFA changes were brought in by the government to to provide protection for vulnerable borrowers and to put an end to unethical lending practices. But the downside is that it's also created challenges for the financial advice and banking industries to apply their expertise and common sense. Topic number four, interest.co.nz on the 9th of June. Forget about FOMO, FOOC now rules the roost as housing market cools rapidly. The latest survey of real estate agents shows indicators pointing to a rapidly cooling market. A net 70% of agents reported that prices are falling in their location. In October last year, a net 60% of agents reported that prices were rising, so the markets turned quickly. Numbers continue to decline for people attending open homes. There's fewer first-home buyers and investors participating in the market, fewer potential buyers attending auctions, Agents are reporting lesser buyer inquiries from overseas buyers. The expectation of expatriate Kiwis returning and over overseas buyers entering the country has not materialised. There's fewer vendors requesting a property appraisal, which means that there's less vendors looking at the opportunity of putting their properties up for, the, up for sale. Although we are seeing an increase in the number of listings available at the moment as well, potentially because houses are taking a lot longer to sell. At the moment, there's a complete lack of FOMO, which is the fear of missing out. And that's the opposite of what happened last year, where FOMO was a major driver for the market. Last month, just 4% of agents reported seeing FOMO, while 73% reported seeing FOOP, which is the fear of overpaying. Predictions by some commentators of investors quitting the market en masse following the tax rule changes have not come true. In fact, the number of agents reporting that investors are selling has fallen to its lowest levels since July 2020. There's also no significant increase in mortgagee sales, even though a number of property owners will be feeling the pain from rising interest rates. Now, last but not least for this week's review, we've got one roof on the 8th of June, published an article called Dropping 50,000 a Week, Prices Slashed on Thousands of Listings. Significant price reductions can now be seen in a number of listings across the country. According to One Roof, there's been about 5,000 listings that have had their prices slashed in the last three months as more owners are becoming more realistic with their properties worth in the current market. One example is of owners of a property in Stanley Road in Glenfield, Auckland, who are currently very motivated to sell their house. The strategy they're using is reducing the price by $50,000 a week until it's sold. The price has already dropped by $350,000 since it was listed for $1.949 million at the end of April. 
Wallace Stratton agent, Stephen Powney, who's in charge of marketing the Stanley Road property, said that this type of campaign helps owners find the premium price of a property in the market. But a lot of the time what people are doing is that they're dropping the price and they're dropping it below where the market is and they're leaving money on the table for their owners. The property was first listed at the end of January and relisted on April 21st at 1.949 million. The price for the four bedroom, two bathroom house on 1,328 square metres is already down to 1.599 million. Pani said that properties getting major price drops were those targeting developers who couldn't pay as much as last year due to falling prices for new builds and the increase in cost of construction. Almost five times more real estate listings have had their price altered by an average of 3.95% in the three months ending 31st of May this year, compared to the same period last year. One roof analysis revealed that real estate agents have made changes to 15% of all residential listings during the same three-month period, with almost half of those corrections relating to Auckland properties. I suspect a lot of those changes have been from properties that didn't sell at auction, but I don't have the data to back that up, unfortunately. It's just gut feeling. Across the country, including all parts of Auckland, Waikato, Bay of Plenty, Wellington and Canterbury, listings can be found with significant price reductions. Now, any time a property is being marketed as below CV, you just need to be careful to make sure that the CV wasn't falsely high to start with because it's not a true indication as to what market value is. Agents believe that highly motivated vendors are the reason for the price drop in the past three months. The price was altered on 2,379 listings in Auckland, followed by 597 in Waikato, 485 in the Bay of Plenty, 279 in Canterbury, and 272 in Wellington. Fewer changes have been made to listings from the central North Island, Taranaki and the Wairarapa. The most significant listing price drops is found in Northland, 5%, followed by Southland, 4.56%, Bay of Plenty, 4.5% drops and Waikato, 3.8% and then Auckland at 3.47%. Lodge Managing Director Jeremy O'Rourke said within the last month, the Hamilton-based agency had started highlighting listings with the words price updated because it could make a difference about whether people considered the property. O'Rourke's observed that price changes encourage people to reconsider buying a property they've previously seen because alterations imply that the property listing is up to date. A four-bedroom, two-bathroom house on 31 Mooney Street in Norton, Hamilton, had its price slashed by $41,000, with the listing saying that vendors were motivated to sell. A property at 3 Bar 44 Grandview Road in Norton dropped $699,000. Another on nearby Day Street is now priced at $685,000. And a house on Kofi Street also had its price updated to $699,000. O'Rourke said that the market's becoming more competitive for vendors as they're getting more practical with their price expectations and are becoming more open to price negotiations. He added that houses continue to sell as soon as they are what buyers consider to be realistically priced. So for more information about the property market and for an update on what we're seeing and our opinions on where things are headed 
and some recent statistics, feel free to join me at one of our free events called the Beginner's Guide to Property Investing. Go to our website, propertyapprentice.co.nz and register for one of our online events or one of our free training sessions in Ellerslie in Auckland. And I look forward to seeing you there. So just to wrap up this week in review, I just want to say, you know, we've seen FOMO, we're seeing FOOP, and now is the time for GOIFA. So I shall explain what GOIFA is at one of our upcoming free events. Look forward to seeing you there.